Hey there, welcome to the Impatient Entrepreneur Podcast, a show where we hear from entrepreneurs and business owners who are chomping at the bit to make their mark on the world. I'm your host, Lauren Quedar Cockrell. Now let's hurry up and get to the good stuff. Hi, friends. Welcome back. We have a fun guest today. We have Swire Ho, who's a new friend to me. Um, he runs a very cool business, and I can't wait to hear him share all about it. I've been promised lots of stories, so go ahead and buckle in. We're going to have a great episode today. Swire, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on your show, Lauren. Yeah. So will you please tell our, our listeners a bit about you and the business you run and anything else you'd like to share? Thank you. My name is Swire Ho. People also call me the promo guy. Right now, I'm into <laughs> promotional product business. So as the name tell you, I, I'm in the branded merchandise business. You know, I help clients to uh, increase sales and then unlock the potential for the brand by having a meaningful uh, promotional products. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Are you seeing anything really exciting right now? Like what's your favorite product of the year? I think the favorite product is Somewhat an obvious, but obvious is pickleball paddle. Uh, the whole nation is getting into pickleball right now. Everywhere you go, if you're a senior, if you're a kid, you have pickleball. So actually a pickleball racket set is one of the top gifts that I would recommend for uh, for the holidays. Ooh, I love that idea. That's so cute. I haven't seen it from uh, like a branded perspective. So that's a really clever that, idea. That's why it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, uh, and then what do you think are going to be some of the top trends next year? I think as we go back to in-person working, there are some of us who still like remote working. So I think kidding uh, is one of the trends that I'm seeing that will continue to grow. What that means is, you know, company now will send a the new hire a package of uh, goodies, uh, the menus, so some formal stuff, some uh, branding stuff. So a lot of kidding, a lot of gift sets are still going to be sent because people want not just a promotional product now, they want the experience. When I sign on uh, to become a member for association, I want the full experience. When I go to a concert, I want the entire experience. And it's our job as a marketer to give the experience to our target audience. So I think that trend is going to be continue. And there's a lot of fun stuff that could be happening in those boxes. I am obsessed with this. Um, so, so I love the idea of particularly for new team members into the company brand. So are you, so you're saying like a really cool branded box with some company swag and cool gifts in there? Yeah, that actually serve a lot of purpose. But if you think deeper that you already know that already, if you are small business professional or even your HR for a big company, you know that when you first hire someone, uh, they will probably post pictures on the social media or they, uh, update their LinkedIn, you know, right? I'm now hired at this new company. A lot of times, if you Definitely. give them a cool <laughs> box, they will take a picture of it with their cell phone. What that does, it actually help your recruiting efforts because we spend a lot of time scouting for the best talent. But a lot of times we want to see a young generation want to know if I'm working for a cool company, if I'm working for a company that value to what I wanted. So a lot of times they actually would take less money, but to work something that is in line with what their values are by having those box and by having the new hire to put the put it on their social media they actually to help solidify that process while wow, they are getting really 
who give and this company they don't give anyone so maybe when i switch jobs i should consider uh, that company giving the employees all the incentive as well so little things but that goes a long way for you know finding the top talents out there that's really i'm i'm kind of blown away <laughs> i love that I really love this because, you know, it's it's so expensive to hire people. It's expensive to train them. And then, you know, really wanting sort of birds of a feather. If you find a good team member and you want more of them, you you assume that some folks are really kind of hanging around similar caliber caliber people and that, you know, okay, well, if you're sharing that content that someone will say, oh, well, I didn't get anything when I joined this company and I'm just sitting here alone in my my home and I've, I have no connection. Maybe I need to rethink where I'm going. Oh, that's such a great idea. I love that. So do you really partner with your clients then uh, to help them come up with ideas uh, or do people kind of come to you with the ideas or is it both? You know, how does that work? A little bit of both. And I am the type of person who likes to ask a lot of questions because not to say bad things about a pen, like you don't need a pen on all occasions. Maybe when it fits the, the occasion, you do that. But what I wanted to do by asking so many questions is, you know, who are the ideal recipient for? Is it for employees? Is it for your client? You know, what kind of people are they? Male, female, like tell me or that you can about that person because I do believe there's a fit for a promotional product. What works for me is not going to work for you, Lauren. And then maybe there are some mediocre item that we could both use, maybe a toe bag, for example. But for me, do you think it's cool enough to take a picture and post it on, on the social media? It has to be me. I'm sure that you as well. I'm sure that there are items that you see, then you take a picture right away. So it's, for my question to uncover what that product is and what to the audience, they will respond right right away. Or maybe going back to the hiring standpoint, maybe they are on the fence for a company A and B. Mm-hmm. And by just sending you a box, let's say $200, right? It, it sounds like a lot, a lot of money. How much, how much money do you think top agency spend to recruit middle-level manager? And mm-hmm. how much money do you think when you lose a key employee will cost your company? So right. these are money well spent if you do them right. Right, right. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to corporate gifting, they put themselves as the the company first in, in their minds versus thinking about the recipient. So it's so smart. I mean, you really, you need to put the customer or the, the that internal customer or the employee first. Like, what, what do they actually want? You're right. Do they need another pen? <laughs> if it's a really cool pen, sure. <laughs> uh, but very cool. I love, I love that position. Um, okay. So first, first official question, are you an impatient entrepreneur? Yes. Yes, I will answer it. Yes. And how long have you been an an entrepreneur? 20 years now. This year will mark uh, the 20th year of my entrepreneur journey. Congratulations. Still impatient, though. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Okay. So uh, are you just impatient across the board? Are there certain things you're more impatient about? Have you, has that, has that calmed down at all as you've matured in your business? Or is it just like same as day one, re- uh, ready, shoot, aim? <laughs> I think it's getting better. And I think it also comes with I'm older now. So like I know that things that I am not supposed to say and will later on regret. I now at the age right now that I will just suck it up and not going to say it. Because I, I know something that maybe at a heated moment, 
or maybe a, a, a negotiation with, with contract, right? You say things that you later on regret. So I'm at the point that, you know, I will let people talk 80% of the time and I try to listen while other people are talking and only talk 20% of the time. If I can remember this rule going into a meeting, I think it always come out in a positive way. But if I start talking way too much, then it, it probably don't turn out my way as well. Yeah, that's a very wise advice. <laughs> uh, I, I, as I have also gotten older and the business has changed, you know, uh, the, the impatient urges aren't there quite as much. But if I get excited, I'm ready. You know, I'm like, let's go, let's go. I, I sent a team survey out yesterday to, you know, as we're planning for 2024 and things like that. And about five minutes after I sent it, I was checking to see if anyone responded yet. <laughs> I, okay, let's calm down. They're probably trying to be thoughtful about this. Let's give them a minute. <laughs> Um, are you, are you creating anything right now? Like new, new programs, new packages, new lines, anything like that? Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for different trends. And if I know my client and know their business well, I'll actually be on the lookout for them. So if I mm -hmm. see something cool, because I, I come in contact with anywhere from five to 10,000 items at the same time. And my client do not need to see all of them. No. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kind of like the future for them. So maybe they say next year we like purple or we like mm -hmm. uh, a sustainable product. So it's my job to go out to filter already for them. So when I am ready to uh, have them to talk about, then ready for filter. So I think it's fun to be in my business because I could... Mm -hmm play pickleball, I could go to sustainable <laughs> uh, options, I could talk mm -hmm. to uh, people that do environmental type product. So I'm everywhere all the time. So I think right. it's it's fun for me and I, because I'm a curious person. So I think being the promo guy has actually enabled me to do what I really like to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm a curious person too. So <laughs> birds of a feather. <laughs> uh, and are you, you know, um, back when I used to do a little bit more promotional marketing, um, uh, it was just like, it was a volume game. You know, you had to order so much of anything. Are you able to do more kind of one-off on-demand opportunities now, or is it still a volume game? Volume obviously helps right mm -hmm. on the bottom line. Uh, mm -hmm. But sometimes it people are getting more unique and they want something that is unique to themselves. So we we are getting into uh, some of a custom, one-of-a-kind type product. And mm -hmm. the goal is to let them know that, you know, big or small, you know, we can help. Uh, but it's, it's a balancing game. Obviously, I want something that's so easy and I have a good mock-up, I just do a million of it. But sometimes yeah. it doesn't, I hope that happens every day, but so far I'm still working towards that. <laughs> and how did you get into this business? That's a good story. Um, <laughs> in my first business, uh, I'm in LA, so uh, I was in the entertainment industry and somehow I got into the CD and DVD replication business. Okay. So we make... Uh, CDs and DVDs, if you're old enough to remember back yep. in the early <laughs> 2000. And along yeah. the way, when musicians finish their album or when the movie uh, about the premiere, they ask, do you do merchandise that we could sell on tour or do you do the givebacks uh, for giveaway at red carpet? So we somehow stumble upon that industry and doing t-shirts, doing mugs uh, in the beginning. And in 2013, you know, we... Uh, a local competitor in the CD DVD replication business wanted to purchase our company. So I think that's mm -hmm. kind of like the 
hindsight is 2020. I think that was at the right time. That's where when our internet got really fast. And then Netflix, the quality has actually gotten better on the streaming. And then the music streaming is taking off. So we sold that part of the business and then focus now exclusively on promotional products. Nice. Talk about meeting the moment there, <laughs> not hanging on too long. <laughs> uh, so, um, how do you how do you fuel yourself as an entrepreneur? Do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you go to conferences? You know, what are all the things you do to stay fresh? So I found kind of the way that works for me. I don't think it works for anyone. Uh, like I was telling you, I'm a curious person. I'm also impatient, so that. You know, we set the up the stage there. I like to be you and me both. <laughs> yeah, I like to go around and I I'm not the type of person, not unlike my kids, they like to sit in the room, read quietly, study quietly. I have to go out and learn by doing. Sometimes good, sometimes not as good. And then I if I really don't know something, I will reference it either on podcasts, I'll read a book about the, the subject uh, that I'm really interested in. But first, for my type of personality, I'll actually go out and get my feet wet first to see if I like that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time, I think, when people read so much about a subject and then they finally get the chance to do it, they hate it. So I think I am right, actually right. do it on reverse. Uh, little things that I like to try uh, throughout the week and throughout my life. And then there's something that really drawn to me then I'll go back and study up on that, read up on the subject, and then really learn more about that. So kind of a weird answer. I don't think most entrepreneurs will give you the answer, right? <laughs> kind of like kinesthetic, uh, tactile learner. Uh, do you have an example of something that's you've done like that recently? For example, when people ask me to, uh, my clients, they like to go to conferences. So like what I do, I won't read up uh, stats and report of what's trending in conference. I actually go to the conference and what people do, they will look at the speaker, look at everything else. I actually look around and behind those banners, behind the tablecloth to see what's underneath that. So I could study and take research, uh, my own research for, for local event. This is what people are using on this type of event on a different industry and whole uh, other industry. I'll actually look at these other things that they use. So when people actually ask me about that, that subject, I will use what I've learned from the actual uh, field on the ground to, to give them the idea. Sometimes I will cross path and give you an example. A few years, more than a few years ago, Von Dutch was popular. Like everyone wants to dress like a, a truck. Trucker, right. right? <laughs> yeah. And my, my tech company client, they wanted to dress everyone a trucker, for example. And just so happened, I, I work with an auto body shop and auto mechanics. So they wear the same outfits. So I actually outfit the entire tech firm with what I would sell normally to an auto mechanic shop with a uniform. I love they that. were so happy. So I think <laughs> that's kind of like a weird example. Like I, I, I looked at the weird stuff. I look under the table. So that's how I learned. It's kind of weird. Uh, well, I don't think it's weird at all because we do the same thing. I um, So we don't have a specific niche. We, we're very curious people and we love to work with all different types of industries and founders and just work with the people who are passionate about what they do. And so we say that we're honeybees cross-pollinating ideas across industries. Mm-hmm. So what might work in retail might be really exciting for an accounting firm or vice versa. You know, you just never know how you can mix and match and do something really unique versus being stuck in a row. 
rut and doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. So yeah, not not weird to me. <laughs> that, that's how you stand out as well, because if you go with the industry norm or maybe the lingual, maybe the color, uh, it's very safe, right? In a marketing standpoint, but then sometimes you get someone who is a disruptor, right? Right? People like to use that word because they are, mm-hmm. like you said, cross pollinating or bringing something that works on other sector into this sector. You know, um, the, the a good example nowadays will be people used to spend a lot of money on TV ads, but now uh, you can actually have an influencer, even a micro influencer to review your product, to, you know, showcase a day of mm-hmm. how they use your product. Those videos are generating more eyeballs than the actual ads because when i see an ad on youtube for example i click skip right away but if i see if i watch an influencer <laughs> that i like to watch and they kind of promoting i know they're promoting right they they're using a product i pay more attention to that so i think you have to be on the lookout and sometimes it's boring to say the industry lingo like if i don't read if i'm not your industry it's all like gibberish for me so how do you make mm-hmm. sure that you can explain your marketing message or your call to action, even to a third grader. If you're able to do that, then you are probably able to reach more people as well. Such good advice. I'm loving this conversation. Um, what are you impatient about right now, other than everything? <laughs> like like you, like when I send out a proposal, when I when customer want something, sometimes I feel, a lot of times I feel like I'm more impatient than they are. They're supposed to have mm-hmm. the ones that have a deadline. They're supposed to be the one who is on the line with, you know, getting the right thing. I feel like I'm somewhat impatient and wanted to help them more than sometimes they, they need to help. <laughs> that's a weird <laughs> way to put it. But if I calm down, really focusing back, that's why I have the 80-20 rule. Even though mm-hmm. I have tons of ideas I wanted to tell them or uh, a lot of example I want to show them, I do want to listen all the way through. And it's good for my sales tactics too. If I talk too much of the time, maybe there are things that they didn't want to say that they would have said it if I let them talk. So mm-hmm. I actually are able to pick up more information. I'm taking notes so then I know that, uh, oh, this is the way that they want to be helped. This is the way that they want to be communicated. Because I, I learned throughout the year that my I have customers that only answer emails. I have Customer now, younger generation only answer through text. They don't, they never <laughs> want me to uh, call them. It really yeah. is true. I've been texting them uh, all the time, mm-hmm. but like something that I, I wanted to call them, I say, you know, why are you calling? I'm busy, but they're answering the text. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think by listening, by being more patient, it will help me as an entrepreneur, help me as a salesperson, and it also help me when I try to service uh, my client and to get the way that. They want it. It's, you know, again, when I say in the, uh, in the beginning, it's not what I want it, it's what they want it because ultimately they're the client. Right, right. Well, how lucky your clients are to have you to be so passionate about their success and, and what you do for them. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you have many happy clients. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So switching gears. Tell us a story about something that's happened in your business life that at the moment it felt like the rug had totally been pulled out from underneath you. You felt like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. But now looking back, you realize it was really the best thing that could happen and you're much stronger because of it. Well, I'm sure that you probably get this answer a lot. Like COVID did change uh, forever (laughs) 
for my mm. business. I think in the end, it's actually a good thing because in the beginning, mm. all the warehouses are, are shut down and people mm. are, all the events are canceled, right? So we mm. live on the events and then we live on people having meetings, right? So that's mm -hmm. gone. So we were lucky enough that go into the PPE business for a little mm. bit, maybe oh, sure, for a few. Sure. There was really high stress, but there was a lot of volume there, like the million, uh, you know, older that, that, that happens then. But then it kind of stopped because as we get more normal and the price fluctuation becomes less, then we had a tough year, like in 2020, right? Because mm -hmm. nothing really happening, but what right. good happen out there is people are more accustomed to virtual meeting like the mm -hmm. one that you and i are doing right now yeah so mm -hmm. it actually make me more efficient and mm -hmm. because i will be visiting my client to show them different ideas they want to see me right with the team and then i have to be there in person but right now they're comfortable mm -hmm. enough and then i can actually get get to meet more of the team member across the country and sometime mm -hmm. uh, across mm -hmm. the world we can jump on to a zoom meeting and then we can hammer out all the details. And I will never forget to bring my file because I'm using my computer. Yeah. All the file <laughs> is in it. So I will never miss yeah. something at the meeting. So mm -hmm. I think the convenience and the way that I'm able to connect with clients outside of the United States. So I mm -hmm. think that's a, a really a game changer. But because we do have a lot of clients come coming from overseas now, wanted okay. to come into LA to do a, a trade show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, okay. at, at a, a conference, maybe then I could really hop on to a call. It's a lot better to see someone kind of virtually face-to-face -face sure. than to just answer uh, an email. And then even for a phone call, I think face-to-face -face is not really in person, but then it really, you see uh, the emotion, you see the posture. Uh, I think the virtual communication part is the biggest takeaway uh, from the whole COVID experience in, in business. Sure, sure. I certainly appreciate it as well. <laughs> it makes it um, uh, makes it so much easier, especially if you have young children like I do, and they're all over the place. And then I also have a, t a team around the country. And so, I mean, just this morning, we were able to, uh, our client was local, but my team member's in another state and she can be there with me. And so it's, uh, there's so many things. Um, while you were speaking, it, it occurred to me, did you have... Uh, any challenges due to supply chain issues around the COVID period? Yeah, it was crazy. It just <laughs> at the that at one point is whatever that you can get will take from the mm -hmm. client. But right. on the on the another hand, we you had to wait ninety days. Like, are you mm -hmm. willing to wait for it? So I think <laughs> the, in our in our industry, turnaround still are not back to where mm -hmm. it was before in mm -hmm. two thousand and eighteen, and. It's kind of tricky. So like, I think planning, it's what I like to communicate with my client. Like you need a lot of planning. So uh, for my part, I, I kind of also pivot my approach a little bit. You know, gone are the days that you could do crazy 48 hours turnaround. Right. Now you should plan and execute it better because you know, mm -hmm. you're going to give Christmas gift by Christmas. You're right. going to have your summer party during the summer, right? That's mm -hmm. a given. And your mm -hmm. company's anniversary is always going to be the same day in the same month. Mm -hmm. So why not plan it, plan for it? And then if I tell them, if the, the better your plan, the cheaper they might get. So that, <laughs> yeah. Then I, I can kind of get their attention because it's, yeah. it is because if, if in any industry, if you go into them, I want this done by tomorrow, but I want the top quality. 
you probably have to pay up. So I think that goes back to you, uh, what I learned from the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, the golden triangle, especially in, uh, you know, a business standpoint, you can have quality and you can have time. You can have the money. You can fit it anywhere to that. Even to your industry, if you want, uh, quality and you want it cheap, can you wait six months? Like right. I could do it for, for you at my free time. Or when, when we have available, but it's going to take longer. If they say mm -hmm. yes, okay. If they want fast and they want good quality, you got to pay up for it. So yeah. you can fit that <laughs> into any situation, really, mm -hmm. but you can only pick two. Sometimes mm -hmm. client will want to try to push all three. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of times where you get into the problem. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, fast, cheaper, good pick two. <laughs> Same goes with uh, services. <laughs> um, and so when you were growing up, um, and how old were you when you moved to the States? I, uh, 18. So it's 18. been a lot of years now. <laughs> we won't make you do that. We, we won't, we won't reveal that. <laughs> okay. So, so a young man moving to the States, you spent your childhood in Hong Kong. Um, uh, when, when you were growing up, was there anything that people told you, you know, oh, Swire, you're so, uh, you know, and it made you feel like that part of you was a weakness. But now as a man running a business, you uh, feel like you, you realize that that's actually your superpower. Yeah, I, I'm in my older self right now, but I think I am still at a Swire back in, you know, maybe seventh grade, eighth grade. I, yeah. I'm still curious. I still like to look under the table and mm -hmm. I like to ask the question, why? And I like to talk, as you could probably tell. And in a school environment in, in Hong Kong, it's very um, academic, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's unlike where my kids go to school, they are encouraged mm -hmm. to ask questions. Over there, mm -hmm. the education system, you sit on your desk, you listen to the teacher, you take notes, and that's it. You don't ask questions mm -hmm. unless you've been asked. So mm -hmm. for me, figuring out something, I like to ask, why do you do it like that? Why do you spell? this like that why do you mm -hmm. you know the poem why did they say it like that so and i get in trouble a lot of time because <laughs> i i speak up i have a lot of questions and this is mm -hmm. so i go out and send send next to send else out the classroom like but now i'm actually encouraged to ask more questions i'm mm -hmm. actually getting my reward asking the right question right because mm -hmm. if i assume a certain thing in my profession then a lot of time it's wrong but if I'm able to ask my client or people that I talk to, uh, and then they answer with things that I need, then I could fill in all the blanks that I have and then come up with the solution that will be better for my competition because I'm in a commodity space, right? If mm -hmm. I just compete solely on the price of a pen or right. t-shirt or whatever that is, then mm -hmm. I become a commodity company. But right. by asking the question, even as simple as, Mr. Prospect, why are you buying this pen? Like, what are you trying to do with mm -hmm. that? Then mm -hmm. I listen for them to open up. We're actually trying to create a uh, retention for our, our client, mm -hmm. or maybe we're trying to get engagement with uh, our employees. Mm -hmm. Then you know that they don't need a pen. They need something else. Right. Not only I could get my bottom line to be higher and sell them mm -hmm. better product, and then they will appreciate because everyone is just calling me the, the bottom price, but this person actually asking me the right question and try to understand what we do. And not all of, all of them works, but then there are clients who appreciate uh, the questions that, that I ask nowadays. 
Sure. And I imagine, you know, there's, there's people who like, don't ask me questions. I just want a pen, leave me alone. And like, okay, yeah. well, yeah. I'm not the person That's for easy. you, you know? Yeah. You, you can, you can have it or you don't, or if you feel like you're going to compare price to price, we might not win that deal, but you know, uh, you may move on <laughs> if, you, if you're not uh, needing all the problem solving services that we also offer. So yeah, I hear that. <laughs> um, for those listening, what kind of advice would you have someone that they could do today to make their lives or businesses stronger and better? I'll, I'll stick with the listening part. You wanted mm-hmm. to listen 80% of the time and only talk 20% of the time. Don't mm-hmm. really matter what industry they're in, especially if you're in service business. If you talk all the time, how do you know how to help their client? Or if you're mm-hmm. me, like the, even in product-based business, I have a lot of things, a lot of product that I could pitch them, but without knowing what the pain point are and what really keep them up at night, if you're mm-hmm. able to uncover what your client or what the counterpart uh, are up at night, and if you're able to offer them that solution or product, then you have a, a customer for life. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So wrapping up, we'll um, tell tell folks where they can find you. You also have your own podcast. So let's talk, let's talk where we can find your business and order amazing products and get great service. And then also your, your own podcast. Thank you. So if you wanted to find out more about work, you could visit our website at garudapromo.com. If you want to learn more about me, you can also Google Swayaho hashtag the promo guy. Uh, I ha- I created a small business show around the COVID time, like because I have a little bit more free time. And the goal is to really try to understand uh, little snippets or little tips that I have. If Swire would go back 20 years ago and listen to the episode, uh, <laughs> is that episode going to save him five years? Mm. And sometimes the answer is yes, because... Like me, I like to go around in circle and try new things. But mm-hmm. if someone would point me to the right direction in the beginning, then you don't have to go in a circle. You can kind of go like a straight line, maybe right. curve a little bit. So that's my intention for doing the small business show. And then we live stream that uh, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check it out. Uh, and what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned from somebody else on that show? It was the guest from yesterday. Uh, and mm. He has a book called fire yourself first. So okay. his mentality <laughs> is what resonates with me because I always wanted to create, it's so automatic that it doesn't need swire, but then the business can still run. He actually mm-hmm. have done it for five of his businesses. So I think oh, that wow. was a really good episode. If I would have listened to him 10 years ago, it probably saved me a, a lot of time. So I think that's a great <laughs> episode. Like what, what can I do, uh, do more with less mm-hmm. is, is my mantra. So, and he kind of really answered that question really well. Mm, well, I will definitely check that out. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and I look forward to seeing you on your show soon. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Impatient Entrepreneur. Love the podcast? Be sure to share it with a friend or colleague or give us a five-star review on Apple. You can also chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at The Impatient Entrepreneur Pod. Want to star on a future episode? Head over to theimpatiententrepreneurpod.com to inquire. Thank you to the team at Quedar Co. for believing in me and bringing this podcast to life. And thank you to Carson Childers for mixing and editing this episode. Can't wait to see you next time.